I'm so happy to be here again tonight with you guys. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the peace and the comfort of God. The peace and the comfort that only comes from God that the, that the world can't understand or have. Because as I told you, the peace that the world offers or tries to attain is not a true peace at all. The only true peace can come from the Prince of Peace, and that's Jesus, because he alone is the one who can give us that true peace that we all desire and that we all search for. And so tonight, I would like to talk about something else that we have in the Lord. And so tonight, I want to talk about how we can find hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. Our main verse tonight is 1 Timothy 1, 1 through 2. And it says, This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God, our Savior and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord, give you grace mercy, and peace. Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful for today. I'm thankful for the beautiful weather that you've given us, Lord. I'm thankful for everybody that's come out here tonight to hear your word and to uh, pray with us. And I'm thankful for all of those online, Lord, that have logged in and are hearing your word as well, Lord. I pray that you will open up our hearts and our minds to your word, Father. And I pray that you will help our study be a good study tonight, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here in 1 Timothy, we see that Paul's giving a greeting in this letter to Timothy. And a lot of his uh, greetings that he's done in a lot of his letters to individual people and even some of the churches, he kind of greets the churches and the people this way. Um, and he's, you know, he's always trying to lift them up and, and, and greet them in, in the name of Jesus Christ. And so in this one, we see that Paul says that he was appointed by Christ Jesus. And we know this because of when we see the Damascus, experience, Damascus Road experience in Acts, when Jesus uh, blinded him and, and called him to be an apostle. And so Paul also here acknowledges that Jesus is God. But then the other thing that he acknowledges here in this greeting is that he acknowledges that Jesus is the one who gives us hope. And that's so reassuring to me, and I hope it's reassuring to you tonight as well. Because as you know, in our world, especially today, we see so many people who are living without hope. Because just as I talked about a couple weeks ago with true peace, people cannot live with hope without God. They may think they can, but the truth is, without Christ, there is no hope. It's through Jesus that we can find true peace for our mind and we can find true hope for our hearts. In Ephesians 2.12, Paul wrote, In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Living apart from Christ or living a life without Christ is a terrible way to live. Living without Christ means that we're living without peace. It means that we're living without his spiritual blessings. It means that we're living without rest 
and without hope, just as Paul wrote about. And so Paul here is writing about the Gentiles before they became followers of Christ. But in the next verse, Paul writes about the good news that he gave to the Gentiles. And he writes, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jew and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And so here, Paul is saying that we're all one body in Christ. And Paul's making an important connection here of the great love that Christ had for us by his death on the cross. And it's through his death and his resurrection from the dead that we as followers of Christ can only have peace. But we can also have hope, true hope. And so the first thing I want to talk about here is that we have a foundation for our hope. And our foundation is God. God is our foundation of our hope. I always enjoy watching builders and buildings coming up and I watch how they get that foundation. It has to be firm and they have to make it so that these buildings and houses that they put up won't come crumbling down. And so every time I hear about, you know, God being our foundation, I always think about that, about these houses and how, how wonderful these building structures are and stuff and how they have to have a firm foundation. And just like these buildings, we have to have a firm foundation in our faith. And that firm foundation is found in God. In Romans 15, 13, Paul writes, I pray that God, the source of hope. So here he is saying that God is the source of hope. And he's praying that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many here tonight want to have confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? We need that every single day of our lives. And it's such a wonderful verse. I love that. And so Paul is saying that God is the very foundation of our hope. And we have hope in God despite any circumstances that we may go through. One of the Proverbs that I love to read, and I've, I've read it so many other times, and, and I just read it uh, recently here again, is Proverbs thirteen twelve. And it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And so in reality, without hope, we will have a sick heart. It is the strength of hope that sustains our hearts. I don't know if you're like me, but I don't like waiting. And none of us like waiting, I don't think. And when we have to wait for something that we really, really want you know, sometimes when it doesn't fulfill or it doesn't come and we ho we're hoping for something that we really, really want or love, we sometimes experience disappointment when we don't get that or if it's not coming to us quick enough. And so many times we experience a loss of hope because of that. You know, thinking about whatever we have been through or waiting for will never happen or will never come to us. And so how many times have you hoped for something so bad and it didn't happen, or you found out you had to wait for it, especially if it involves someone or something that you love. 
You get heart sick over it. How many have you ever had like a heart sickness over something? I know a lot of times when we fall in love with our significant other and we're in those, you know, falling in love days, you know, if you're apart from them, you kind of feel heart sick. And, some, and a lot of times we do that as well. I mean, with my wife and my children, a lot of times when they go away for a, for a long extended period of time, you know, you kind of get that heartache or that heart sick for it. And so that's, you know, what, what the Proverbs is talking about here. And, and sometimes losing this hope, sometimes it can be depressing to us. And so many times we lose hope altogether because of that. And so this is what the first part of Proverbs 13, 12 is referring to. That when we're waiting for something that we really desire and it's being put off or being dragged out, it feels like our heart, sick is about, our heart is sick about it. And so I was going through some different translations of the Bible when I was looking at this verse. And one that struck me was the Good News Translation. And the Good News Translation actually translates it as, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. And so that's a little bit more powerful to me, I think. If you think about, I mean, you think about heart sick and stuff like that, but, but then you also think about a crushed heart, and, and that kind of gives that impact of that. But the second part of this proverb, it says, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And so we think about, when I, when I hear that, I think about the Garden of Eden and, and how perfect it was there and with Adam and Eve and they had the tree of life. And one thing that I love about the Bible is we actually see the tree of life in the beginning. It's like a bookend. We see the tree of life in the beginning and then we see it also in Revelation as well. Um, and so it's like a renewal of life when I think about the tree of life, when our hopes and our desires are fulfilled and how many times when you get that happen, do you kind of feel refreshed and, and you feel good about it? And so it's the complete opposite from the first part of Proverbs to the second part of Proverbs here. And so in the first part of Proverbs, we see that someone who's given up on hope or someone who's had their heart crushed about something that they desired. And so when I think about this, I think about the story of Jacob. And Jacob, he wanted to marry Rachel, if you remember, and so he was willing to work seven years for her. And the Bible even said that working these seven years, you know, because he was so in love. And working those seven years was like just working days for him. He was just ready to go. And he was ready because he loved her so much. But as we know, Rachel's father deceived Jacob and gave him Leah. So think about how heart crushing. This man is working seven years for the woman that he loves. And so think about how heartsick he probably would have been or, or how crushed he would have been when this happened. And it kind of makes me sad to hear or think about that. But, um, you know, Jacob must have felt that at that time. You know, his hopes of marrying Rachel was in jeopardy here. But thankfully for him, he was able to work another seven years and then he would eventually marry Rachel as well. And so even in those times when we feel that our prayers are not being answered, or in those times when we think that our hopes and dreams that we've planned out for ourselves don't go the way that we want them to, and we have that feeling of a heart being sick or a crushed hope. But we have to remember that those are the times that God is the foundation of our hope. And so even though when we have that sickness of our heart that feels like that, that's when we have to look to Jesus because Jesus is our living hope. Psalm 39, 7 says, And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope 
is in you. I love that. Our only hope is in Jesus. And so we have that hope that God is working in our lives, even when we cannot fully understand how he is. But when we know that God is working in our lives, it enables us to face any trials that we may come our way with certainty. We can have absolute certainty that we will win in the end no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is. And so that's the difference between the hope that we have when we have God as our foundation and the hope that the world has that's not built upon God's strong foundation. In 1 Peter 1.3, it says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So when God is our foundation of our hope, it's going to transform our lives. I recently read a book by a man named Ron, Ron Hutchcraft, and he wrote a book called Hope When Your Heart Is Breaking. And so in one of the chapters of his book, he talked about what he called hope robbers. I know I've heard people talk about like joy robbers, people that kind of rob your joy, and, and he called it hope robbers. And so in this world, we face many hope robbers. You know, we face grief. We face failure at work sometimes. We face failures in our relationships, in our finances, in our dreams. You know, these are all hope robbers. These are all things in our lives that go in our head and, and kind of mess with us and, and they rob us of that hope that we can have. Um, but then Hutchcraft brought up the passage of 1 Peter 1.3 that we just read. And so what Ron said was, he said that hope is not a program, not a pill, not a religion or a belief. It's a person. Hope is a person. It's Jesus Christ that is our hope. And he's the only person in human history that has conquered what has conquered every person that's ever lived, and that's death. Jesus was crucified brutally. He was buried in a tomb with a huge stone covering it. But as Hutchcraft wrote in his book, but the man Jesus in the tomb was unstoppable. So hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. So in 1 Peter, Peter's saying that we as believers in Christ who have been transformed and have been given this new life in Christ, we're given a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so the first result of a new life in Christ is hope. And this hope is living because it's built upon our resurrected Savior. We don't have to rely on the dead, empty hope that we see in the world around us. That kind of hope offers us nothing. We have a living hope and a great expectation that comes from our living and resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Our living hope is secure and firm, just like the foundation that is set upon. It's an anchor for our soul. And as Hebrews 6 says, Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is our salvation. He is our living hope. Secondly, our hope is in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you ever heard the uh, Christian singer Aaron Schust but he has a song that's on the radio and it's called My Hope Is In You. 
And some of the lyrics say, my hope is in you, Lord, all the day long. I won't be shaken by drought or storm. A peace that passes understanding is my song. And I sing, my hope is in you, Lord. I love that song. And I love hearing that song on the radio and it lifts me up that my hope is in Jesus Christ. He is our living hope. And it also reminds me of another song that we play here on our worship team, and that's Living Hope. Jesus Christ, our living hope. My friends, Jesus Christ is our only hope. And as Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1.1 that we read earlier, Christ Jesus is the one who gives us hope. It's Jesus who gives us hope in our pain and our suffering. It's Jesus who gives us hope when we get a bad report from the doctor. It's Jesus who gives us hope when we think that there is no hope. It's Jesus who gives us hope when things are, are going good. It's Jesus who will always give us hope no matter what's happening, no matter if it's going good or if it's going bad. It's Jesus who is the hope of glory, which means that our hope that is in Christ is not just wishful thinking, but it's a confidence, a sure confidence that we're being changed by God and that one day we will see him face to face. And we have that confidence that one day we will have a heavenly inheritance just as he promised we would. And so that is what biblical hope is. And that is biblical hope has its foundation in God. And as I said, biblical hope is not just some type of feeling. Biblical hope is a reality. Biblical hope is a sure foundation that we as believers in Christ can base our lives on. Believing that God will always keep his promises. In Titus 2.13, it says, While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. We have that great hope. We have the great hope that one day Jesus Christ will come back for us and he'll take us to heaven with them. And we set our hope on the second coming of our Lord. And so it's because of this living hope that we have and it's because of this hope that we have in Christ that we can be bold for our faith. We can be bold for our faith. And in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.12, it says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Because I don't know about you, but when I have that foundation set, my foundation is set with God, and Jesus Christ is my living hope, I'm able to talk to people more about my faith and not worry about, you know, getting stumbled up. Or, and I know that the Holy Spirit's going to guide me in that. And so we can be very bold in, in our faith, and we can talk about our God, and we can talk about what Jesus has done in our lives. And so Paul is saying here that because he has hope, he can be bold. And we know that Paul was a very bold preacher. When Jesus is our living hope, we become bold in our Christian walk. And then when we're bold in our Christian walk, it will make our witness even stronger when we interact with others. So we are, as Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.15, it says, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. If anybody's ever heard of 
Christian apologetics. It's not apologizing for our faith, but it's having a defense for our faith. And so this is kind of like the verse for apologetics because it's telling us that we're always to be able to give an answer for the hope that we have within us. And we may not have all the answers all the time for people asking us questions, but the Holy Spirit will guide us and he'll lead us into what to say. And there's nothing wrong with saying to someone if you don't know an answer for something, hey, I'll get back to you on that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And then you can talk to somebody or look it up in the Bible and then bring them to that. But the, the reality is, is that we have to have that answer for that hope that's in us. And we should always be ready to give the reason for the hope that we have for our faith. And like I said, we can do this by relying on the Holy Spirit, reading and studying God's word. And we're also to gently and respectfully give an answer to the hope that we have in Jesus. So when we are doing that, we're not to argue with, every, with people and we're not to yell at people, but we're to do it with gentleness, respectful, and kindness. One of my favorite scriptures about hope, well, there's a couple of them, and I had to choose one. So I chose this one. But one of my favorite stories in, in, the, in the Word of God about hope is the story of Simeon and Anna. And we find that in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 38. And so most people will remember this scripture, and it's usually a scripture that's read around Christmas time, but I love to read it all the time. Every time I read this uh, part of scripture, I have a smile on my face, and I love reading it over and over again. And so I'm going to read it right now. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Right away, I just love that description of him. That's a great description of somebody. Wouldn't you want somebody to say that about you? You know, somebody who's righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit Simeon listened to God. So this is saying that he listened to God, that the Holy Spirit revealed this to him, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, Mary his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And then there was a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, and the tribe of Asher. And she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer, night and day. And coming up at that very hour, 
she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. I love that. I don't know how many of you love that, but I love that. And I love reading this every single time. And every single time I read this, I always imagine an older man and an older woman who never lost hope. Because if you remember, before Jesus was born, before the New Testament starts coming out, there was 400 years of silence from God. Israel wasn't hearing from God at all for those 400 years. And so I can imagine that there were a lot of people that were probably losing hope and they were probably getting depressed. But here uh, we see uh, Simeon and, and Anna, they didn't lose hope. They had that faith. And they had that very foundation of hope that was God. And so here, after all this time, this man, Simeon, you can just imagine him, an older man, and here he is, holding baby Jesus and looking into the eyes of the promised Messiah. How about that? He knew that that's who he was looking for. And so their hope in God and their faithfulness to him was rewarded. Simeon knew that this day would come because the Holy Spirit promised him it would. In a time when, like I said, many people were losing hope that the promised Messiah would come, Simeon stayed faithful. He stayed devoted to God, and he had hope that God would fulfill his promise and provide the consolation of Israel. And through Simeon's words, he declared that Jesus would be the salvation of the world, that he would deliver truth not only to the Jews in Israel, but also to the Gentiles, and that Jesus would bring glory upon Israel. And so we, as Simeon did, we should continue to anticipate and have hope and confidence that Jesus will come back just as he promised he would. We have this promise from Jesus that he will one day come back again. For in this hope, it says in Romans 8, 24 and 25, it says, for in this hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We look forward to Jesus's return. So Jesus made this promise to his disciples. Um, in John 14, 1, 3, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come get you and that you will always be with me where I am. So we can look forward to eternal life because Jesus promised it to all who believe in him. Jesus promised that he will come again. And I have that hope and belief that he will come again. Because as I said earlier, our hope is confidence that God will fulfill all of his promises because he is and always has been faithful. And that's not just wishful thinking. So in order for us to hope in Christ, some of the things that we can do are, we can recognize Jesus for who he is. Recognize Jesus for who he is. The most crucial question that Jesus asked his disciples, and it's the same crucial question for us today, is Jesus said in Matthew 15, 16, who do you say that I am? 
Our eternity hinges on that question and how we answer it. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Do you believe that tonight? Do you say, as Peter said in his response to Jesus' question, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Are you hearing the words of Jesus through his word and believing them and obeying them? Have you confessed your sins to him and believed that he died to take the punishment of your sins and then rose on the third day to give you new life? And have you personally trusted in Jesus Christ for your salvation? Simeon trusted in Christ for salvation before he even saw baby Jesus. Simeon's hope rested in the promise of God that he would send a savior. When Simeon saw Jesus, he knew because of the Holy Spirit within him that all that he had hoped for had now come in the form of this little baby that he was holding. Jesus made a wonderful promise for us in his word. This is a promise to all who come to him in faith and want true peace, true comfort, and true hope. In Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty, 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. For you will find rest with, for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm asking you tonight to give all of your cares, all of your worries, and all of your hopes to Jesus and lean on him for strength. Because Jesus, he understands our weaknesses. Jesus knows our struggles and he wants us to trust in him and in his word. So have you trusted God's word as Simeon did? And have you trusted Jesus as your hope for salvation? If not, the time to do it is right now. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, but you have to put your hope in him personally. To hope in Christ means that you're placing your trust in him as your Lord and Savior. You're giving it all to him. God has us, given us a living hope so that our faith might result in his glory. So I'm asking you again, will you place your faith in God and find your hope in him? Will you experience the grace that is available to you so that you can have a living hope no matter what your situation or whatever you may face? And if you're a Christian tonight and you're kind of losing that hope, I ask you right now to just renew your hope in him. Come to him with all of your cares. Come to him with all of your problems. And he will strengthen you. I want to end tonight with a great quote. I always try to quote, I, I always end up quoting Billy Graham or somebody like that because he, some of the things that he says is just so powerful. And so I'm going to end tonight with a quote from Billy Graham. And Billy Graham said, For the believer, there is hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful again for your word, Lord. I'm so thankful for your word that is living and active and it's in our lives. 
and it's in our hearts, Lord, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And it penetrates deep within us, Lord. I thank you right now, Lord, for giving the new birth that we have been given that provides us for our living hope, Jesus Christ. And that through Jesus, our living hope, we are promised eternal life, Lord. And that even when we face suffering and trials, we know that it's only temporary and that our hope is solid and secure because you, Lord, are our great foundation. Lord, I pray right now for all of those that are watching online tonight. I pray that they have not made that decision to follow you, that they will tonight, Lord. That they'll make that decision to have the true peace that only you can provide and the true comfort that is only found in you and that they can have the hope that is found in you, Lord. I pray for all of those who have trusted in you as their Lord and Savior, Lord. I pray that even if they're struggling a little bit with hope, I pray that they will seek you through your word and through prayer and that they'll rekindle that hope that they had and that they can rest in your promises and that you, Lord, will give them strength. I pray for our country and our leaders, both locally and federally, Lord, that they will seek your guidance and your wisdom in everything that they do. Lord, I pray for anyone right now that needs healing and anyone who's struggling right now. I pray that you will draw them near to you, Lord, and that they will feel your presence and your comfort and your hope. I pray that you speak to them as they read and study your word and that they be encouraged and comforted by your word. And Lord, I pray, pray that anyone that does not know true biblical hope tonight, I pray that they will seek and they will find you, just as you promised, Lord. And that you will reveal yourself to them and that they will come to faith in Christ and that they would open their hearts and believe in the gospel. And that they will be con confident in their hope and that they will know that it is you, Lord, that is the very foundation of our hope. And so may the Lord bless you and protect you. And may the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you peace, comfort, and hope. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, and so again, there's three ways to give. You can go to our website, which is uh, woodland.church. You can go to our app, which is Woodland Church Mobile. And you can also text to give. And there's a number on the screen right there. And the, you put in Woodland Church. No spaces, no hyphens. It's just one word, Woodland Church. If you enjoyed this message tonight, or if you gave your heart to Jesus, or if you'd like to talk to somebody from our staff, Lord, uh, you can info at woodland.church. That's info at woodland.church. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you. It's prayer at woodland.church. Thank you for watching and have a great evening.